Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show hey guys we have a new sponsor for the type 1 lifting podcast the company's called Liberté Lifestyle so Liberté is a French word meaning freedom and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code type one, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. another episode of the type one lifting podcast fleet cody mooney how you doing yeah i'm good i'm good i'm happy to be here thank you for having me yeah th thank you for taking the time for you know talking to me but um usually the first question i usually ask all the crossfit athletes like how did you get involved how did you get started with crossfit oh goodness i was um about a freshman in high school <clears throat> and um someone that i knew was doing it and i kind of go and I'd see him doing it once in a while. And uh, he was competing at regionals at that time. And I was into every sport you could ever think of. So I had no time on my hands. And I just kept seeing him work out this way. And I was like, man, what a different way to work out. And I just, I was like, every time I saw it happening, I was so drawn to it that when I asked him, I was like, yo, can I come over like once a week? And maybe I can do it. I'm like, you know, once a week between sports, you know, after practice. So I started doing that and I um, fell in love quickly. And once a week turned into three, three turned into five. And then all of a sudden I, he opened up a gym in my local town and I was coaching after I'd go to high school, play my sport and then go coach the night classes and work out at the gym after and go home and do that again. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty young when I found it. Um, this was probably 2012, 2011 when yeah. I started dabbling a little bit. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, I kind of. I kind of fell into it, but it was a, it was a quick one for me. I mean, it had everything I liked. It was, it was just, I was all about that. Life. Yeah. So do you remember your first workout? Yeah, actually I do. Um, it was, I think we all know Cal soup. Yeah. So it's a hundred thrusters per time. And every minute on the minute you do five, five bar face and burpees. And, uh, it was an empty barbell. It was 45 pounds and it destroyed me. I don't even think I finished it. And then I remember my second one, my second one was a 2k row. So it was all like, it, that was back in the day, though, where CrossFit was so, like, 
it was a lot different. You know, you do like Fran, you just go out, you do Fran four days a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it was, it was those days. So yeah, that was definitely my first workout. I remember it. I remember exactly how I felt after it was one of those ones where like, you're like, I'm never doing this again. Then immediately you're like, I'm addicted to this. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I was, I was the same way too. I started doing like the 300 workout when the 300 uh, work, movie came out and then I got mm-hmm. involved in CrossFit like that way. So it was just like trying to get as fast as that workout as fast <clears throat> as possible and then yeah. just do other things too. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, it CrossFit has a weird way of drawing you in that, in, yeah. in that kind of like, it's a, it's a suffering, but then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I've never felt so alive. I want to do that again. You know? Yeah. So true. Yeah. So how did yeah. you, how did you get, how did you team up with the Misfit crew? So I teamed up with the Misfit crew back when they were just starting. So I actually went to school in Portland, Maine. I'm born and raised in Maine. Okay. And Portland is where Misfit is. So I was actually going to college and they were the closest gym to me. So I started going there and there's a couple other dudes that were competing um, that year a little bit. And we're all kind of like working out together, working out together. And there's a group of five of us from the gym. This back when I took like 62 to regionals. Mm-hmm. When we were in Canton. We were at the Reebok headquarters. Yeah. 2014 and uh we all five qualified so they're like hey we're gonna start and like i didn't have a coach i didn't have a training program like i was kind of doing class plus a little bit extra we'd work out so he's like hey we're gonna start a blog would you like to follow it and like be one of our athletes i was like i'd love to like and so it really started super organic with those guys um and that's why i stuck with it and i still follow it and i still go up there i'm going up there saturday to work out with them and nice. because it, it started with a friendship and it was like the greatest way to start that for me. It was such a good, solid foundation. And uh, from there, it just kind of grew. And Drew became my coach. And um, I mean, you've spoken to Drew. You said you had him on the podcast. And yeah. I mean, he is like class A, world class. I mean, I can, I would vouch anything for that man. Like mm-hmm. he is just a great friend, a great person, and he cares. And that's what was the biggest thing to me. Like it was someone that if I didn't have the best workout, I didn't need to be, you know, kind of like – uh, kind of shamed a little bit and just being like, oh, well, you, you expect to do better. He never did any of that to me. And that's just kind of, we kind of grew together. And um, yeah, I mean, it was super organic. We're super close still. Uh, it was a really cool way to actually find a coach. Yeah. Drew, Drew's awesome. After his, after the podcast I did with him, like we literally talked for like an hour after just mm. like talking about like, you know, Misfit and other programs and just talking about like life in general and see like, such a cool yeah. guy so so awesome such right? a cool guy yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so typically you see like crossfit athletes kind of like jumping from one program to the other i know you said it earlier <clears> that like you stuck with them because it was more like you know as a friendship wise have you ever like thought about dabbling to go to someplace else or was it just like misfit or bust no no for me it was it was never a question i mean and it wasn't that i uh it was it wasn't that like i was scared to end a friendship or something like that like obviously loyalty for me is a big thing but it was also i was getting everything i wanted um and i knew it was behind the product and for me that's the biggest thing um i'm a guy that will find the local farm to find all the uh other stuff whatnot are you still there yeah i'm here i'm here i'm here okay you're you're frozen on the screen so Uh. i was just checking um yeah so i'm the guy that like goes down the street to find the local farm just because i know the product behind it and that was me when it came to Misfit. Like I knew everything that was happening behind the scenes. I knew how much work was getting put into it day in and day out. And I knew how much they cared. So it was never a question of if I was going to go somewhere else because I had a really good line of open communication. Um, 
no one knew me better as an athlete and uh it just it was the right fit very cool very cool so um just like jordan cook in in 2014 and 2015 you had like a big jump from you know from the open to like even getting better like the year like in 2015 so what was the what was the change that caused that um i think for me the change that was i was young i was really young when it came to 2014 it was my first ever regional i had a pretty good regional i won really i think i finished like oof, i don't know 11th 12th something like that um i had one really bad event where i was doing very well in a rope climb event and then um kind of we all know once a legless rope climb goes it goes mm -hmm. and um that kind of set me back so it really didn't end up the score being i wanted to be kind of more closer to the top five or so um and then the next year coming uh I, yeah i had a good finish that year obviously didn't break out as i wanted to in the last event um from strength mm -hmm. uh, the clean ladder uh and that was just the, the biggest thing for me and um it was just the journey of being strong i always had the ability to kind of grind it out in a workout and i was always the kid where if you asked me if i wanted to go back squat if i wanted to go crush myself in a metcon i was picking the metcon every single time yeah. i was not a fan of the back squat i was never a fan of like the <laughs> lifting sessions drew would like make me do them he's like you got to do this i'm like i know um so i think for me and also it was just knowing myself as an athlete mm -hmm. uh you know like with everything all the i think we can all look back i know it's very cliche to say when you you know in that moment obviously when i fell from like fifth to whatever third to eighth whatever it was 2015 and missed the spot um it was a very big learning curve for me and that's what kind of grew me as an athlete and i think it was just actually kind of getting a little bit older and being okay with what um being okay with what kind of you know throws my way and that because that's so much of crossfit you know, yeah. one workout is so good and then the next minute all of a sudden you know something happens and it's tough you know one no rep here one no rep there uh so i think it was just learning you know it's experience stuff like that Mm -hmm. Very cool. So do you, I, I know Misfit has some like amazing athletes like Jordan and, and like, you know, I know you trained with Alec for a little while in New York when you were at, mm -hmm. um, when, when you were over there. So does, does that help you improve like your CrossFit ability, you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm a big believer. Uh, <laughs> I have a buddy that always says, show me your friends, I'll show your future. And I kind of like thought the same with CrossFit. So I was never, and that's an, another reason why it reverts back to Misfit is that he, Drew was always cool with me. He under, Drew understood the power of putting yourself in a situation and if, like rising to their level. You sit yourself in a, just like when people, business people say, you sit yourself in a room with, you know, high level thinkers, you're going to rise to their level. It's the same yeah. thing as CrossFit. And I was very fortunate to find Alec and become very close friends with Alec. And I was down there at Krypton training with him and Ben and Adam Clank and Dane and all those guys for many, many years. And it was, again, such a good growing step for me in my career that I needed. And it helped me take the next steps and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I mean, when I talk about, I, I feel the most blessed person on the earth when I talk about training partners because it's come from Jordan and, you know, Sherb and Hunter and everyone that was, up at misfit and then i went here and i was down at krypton i was it was such a good thing for me and um yeah definitely i mean that is part of the somewhat the little success i did have within the sport and whatnot was definitely attributed to who i was able to surround myself by very cool so in, at krypton were they mainly helping you out with the strength portion or what, what were they doing 
you know, when we went down to Krypton, it was, we arrived at the gym at like 10 AM and whatever Ben wrote on the board, we just go for it. And you know, a lot of the time, like, yeah, you bet your bottom dollar. We're doing a lot of strength yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was heavy. There was a lot of gymnastics and again, this was back in the day of, you know, 14, 15, where we would be doing five, six events. It would go from morning session to have lunch, the afternoon session to a strength session. And Ben would be like, all right, I'm headed back to my house and have some food and we'll meet you in the garage after. I'd be like, okay. And we suit up <laughs> for another session. You know, it was those days um, where you did a lot of working out. But for sure, when I went down there, like those boys are strong. Yeah. And there was a reason for it because they lifted heavy often. Yeah. yeah. I remember, well, I mean, obviously Adam Clink with the 500 pound back squat and then Ben Smith did mm -hmm. that too. And it's like uh -huh. insane to think like, you know, those guys, and especially with those, those fr the frame that they have, that they can actually oh, do that. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being in person. There's a video of Alec cleaning 400 pounds and I was there in person. I was just off to the side and I think he weighed like, I don't know, maybe like a buck 80 at the time, Jeez. something like that. Yeah. And he was just so freaking strong. It was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was, it was always eye-opening to go down there and see. It was so much fun. The atmosphere, the energy. It was just such a good place to be. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So you, the first time you made it to the games, you know, obviously it was obviously a, a very awesome experience for you. So what was it like <clears throat> being an individual at the games? Yeah, it was awesome. It was um, something that... I don't think if I ever um, got to experience, I would have never been able to like appreciate how much it means to get there and like appreciate how much work athletes put in to get there, stuff like that. For me, it was like everything I could imagine. I came off of 2015, that thing happened at Regals 2016. I was like 22nd overall in the open, didn't qualify, went on a team, mm -hmm. which was a great experience. And then 2017 came back and whatnot and uh, qualified. And it was just like, it was great. I remember starting off the first event was a run swim run. Dave Castro brought us out in the rain. It was pouring out and he made us sit there for like 10 minutes and we all took off. And um, <laughs> I spent a lot of year, like that, a lot of that year training with, Ben and Alec and everyone getting ready for the games and whatnot. It was just like so because Alec and I, I mean, we've been best friends now for a while. So to experience that with him, because it was also his first time individually at the games, like it was just it was such a good experience. And it was so much fun. And um, but it was also it was also a little bit tougher one for me. I had a torn labrum that year mm -hmm. that not a lot of people knew about that um definitely was a challenging three months leading up to the games to uh, train around and um, whatnot, but I would trade it for the world. I, that experience was like no other. Yeah. So I, the one, the one event that sticks out to me is the snatch, the yeah. Lumberjack snatch Gosh. where, where you actually missed the last, last um, lift, but you actually made it to, you saved it like the last second. And like, so I did with both of them. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. We had two lifts in both times. You had 15 seconds to lift. You can lift as many times as you want, and both times I failed both snatches the first one. Oh yeah. Oh, if it wasn't for the crowd, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. Have, no way. Yeah. No way. It was funny. I, you know, I was in the. Yeah, it was. It was funny because no, like watching watching the next person snatch, and then you hear the crowd just go absolutely bananas because <laughs> they see you like actually getting it up there. That was like so cool. Yeah. Because as long as the bar left the ground before your time ticked, I could still be in the bottom trying to get this thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was that was like one of the by far worst movements for my shoulder. So I remember in the warm up area for that, I hit ninety five pounds, and I was talking to Drew because Drew knew. I mean, I haven't snatched then for three months. Mm. I was like, I, just, I can't, you know. And Drew's like, "What are you gonna hit? Or are we gonna open it?" And I said, 267. And he's like, "Well, you just snatched ninety five. I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm like, I'm here to go for it." So it was purely on adrenaline, purely on the crowd. Um, it was definitely an experience for sure. Both lists were made on the second attempts, but, uh, yeah, I, that moment being in the Coliseum first time getting to lift in front of that many people. I mean, that's, those are the moments that like when you're, you know, middle of the winter rowing in your freaking garage, wondering why it's stuff like that, where you're like, I miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So, um, yeah. So th- I believe the next year after that you went team. So what was that decision? Why, like, why did you guys choose to become a team? So 2018, I was on demo team. And then mm-hmm. 2019, oh, right, yeah. I, I mean, they're all kind of blending together now. So that, then, the, yeah, then the following year, that's when I went team. Um, You know what? Going team was kind of something where I think Alec and I always wanted to do it. We, like, so leading up to the games and all that stuff, there was multiple years of, like, team series that we did together and all this other stuff we did together. And um, we both became, we moved to New York City. We both became roommates. And yeah. uh, we started doing a lot of like, this is where like a lot of the sanctionals were coming up and stuff like that. So you had a lot more opportunities to compete throughout the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, you always don't want to compete individually. So we started competing a little bit with the team. We're like, damn, this is really fun. Like maybe we should actually give it a shot when you're at the games. And I was totally down for it. Um, I always love being, you know, playing team sports. I always love being a little part of that group and i think it's something so special that like i think everyone wants to experience it at once or twice and um so we're like all right let's give it a shot and we kind of did that we found some of the people we found jess we found camille um and we just had such a good year it was just so much fun it was it made it made the long long brutal days of you know realizing you have six five pieces to do it made it a lot easier yeah um and it was it was a cool experience because not only did it make those days easier, I became a lot fitter in that time. Then, you know, like I think some people sometimes do you think when you go team, you're kind of hanging up the cleats a little bit and it wasn't that at all. And I think that Alec could vouch for me as well. Cause I think that, you know, he also grew as an athlete and we both grew as an athlete in that time. And we both became fitter. We had a great time doing it. We traveled the world and I think we both came out at the end of the day and you know, we got, we sat second on the podium at the games and it was just like, wow like one experience that we just were able to have for a year and we kind of like realized we did it together. And that was like something that, you know, I, we, we both cherish. So, yeah. So how did you get Camille and, and Jess on, on your team? I mean, obviously, you know, Camille is, you know, really up there when it comes to like mm-hmm. CrossFit athletes. And so how did, how did you get like the call her down? Yeah. And get in? I think, I think Camille kind of knew Alec a little bit just from being, like part of the Smith family and the Krypton crew or whatnot, some. Um, and obviously I knew Camille a little bit through competing, but I didn't know her as well before we were on the team. I knew, obviously I knew of her track record and how fit she was. And I knew Jess a little bit better just from, you know, doing a couple of the comps and whatnot. Um, and we kind of reached out to Camille, just putting out the idea there. We got wind that she was maybe thinking of like possibly going team or something like this. Um, and which is really cool because she was the, I think her and Jamie Green were the only two women to sit on the individual podium and the team podium. So she was pretty pumped to have that experience as well. 
um, another notch in her belt, which yeah. is a very, very impressive belt. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so when we did that and, you know, cause I mean, a team is like building a friend, it's, it's building a little like French group. You know what I mean? You, you can't force, uh, you can't force a team together. You need to be like, okay, we can compete together. We understand each other. We know because you're literally going to get one of the hardest tests that you're ever going to go through and you're going to have to experience it together. And you can only go and you're only as good as your weakest link. You know what I mean? And there's work, there'll be workouts where everyone on your team is going to get exposed. It's just how it works. I mean, that's the, you know, it's the glory of CrossFit. Mm. Um, so we kind of like linked up and we had a couple weekends. We only actually had two, we only had two training weekends as a team before we went to the games. Um, and then we also competed at rogue once. So rogue was kind of the first time where we never really competed on a team yet together. Uh, we didn't do that. Well, it was actually kind of a funny event. It was just different. It was kind of awkward. We just, we weren't really ready together as a team, but like, we knew that the core piece was there, like camaraderie, whatnot. We got along. So we had two other training weekends and everything went well. Um, and Camille was all for it. And we were all for having her on the team. We were super pumped. She wanted to be part and we went for it. Very cool. So how do you get like three top level individuals to kind of like, not like make it become a team pretty much? Um, you know, I think you just, there's a true respect, I think, level for everyone there. And like I said, that CrossFit is going to expose us in every way. Yeah. I mean, you, you make me do a squat clean, you're going to expose me. Like I think Alec <laughs> knows you make him do a GHD and a deadlift because of his back. It's kind of, it's possibly going to expose him. I mean, we all had our things where we knew, but we all knew like us as a team, you know, like we could, it, the coolest part about a team is that sometimes you're able to take a little bit. Like when we would lift, obviously our girls would freaking just about outlift me. And it's like, wow, good thing. Our girls are very strong because yeah. that helps that, you know what I mean? Yep. So I think that it was just having that respect for everyone and knowing that no matter what the workout was, like we're going to give a hundred percent. I mean, obviously there is, I think there, there, there's a gear that you don't have to turn off when you're competing as a team, but you have to transition from, it's not how fast can I personally go? because there's no point in racing ahead of your team or doing something like this and then waiting for them beyond. It's like, how fast can we make our team go? Mm -hmm. And on some workouts, that's, you can maybe carry an extra sandbag. You can maybe do this. You can lift a little bit more weight. You can do this. So it was just, we had a good understanding of all that stuff and uh, we we're up for the challenge. And I think it was a challenge that none of us ever experienced. We've all experienced individual challenge. We all wanted a different challenge. So we kind of, we took it on as a challenge and um, it was sure a fun one at that. Very cool. So, I mean, obviously I have my favorite moments of, of you at the game, especially with the sprint event as, as team, which was pretty cool. And mm. so do you have any, like, favorite moments that in the, of the games, like, other than those two events I talked about earlier? Yeah, I mean, obviously the sprint event was yeah. amazing. That was, like, something that we kind of knew that was coming. I knew Alec was, like, shot out of a cannon. I've seen it happen before. And I feel like I, it was one of those moments where you almost – I knew it was coming, but I'm like – excited for everyone else to see him like this boy can run and i know <laughs> yeah. he can run um gosh i mean there were so many experiences at the games i mean i think that just like having a couple events where it really challenges the team with like the big bob i love like the usage of that i love us being really on that field most of the events that happen on that turf field were just so fun um the final event was such a cool event where it was the 30 30 30 30 yeah. 
and then you but you couldn't like move ahead to your team win uh the swim was such a big event like that was i know one that was one of the team we really didn't know how we we're gonna do we knew we we're all decent swimmers and um i think that one was really like we overshot our expectations on that so it was such a good event to finish um there's i mean there's tons of highlights i mean that that weekend was just that week was just all full of highlights for me. Yeah. When I was, when I watched the sprint event, I was like, you guys are like a little bit far behind. And like Alex just came out and just like yeah. shot out. And I was like, Oh uh-huh. my God. Like he just like blew by like four or five people just to get, become first place. And he's just like sitting there, like not even like taking a deep breath or anything like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it happen before. It's funny. I'll never forget. We we're doing sprints once. It was me, Alec and Ben. And we we're on like this, hill somewhere in you know virginia or wherever and alec made us look like we're standing still and that's all i could think of in my head when he was about to run i'm like people are about to witness something that they don't know and i know it and that's exactly what happened and it was just such a funny fun event to definitely do and even funner to watch very cool very cool so you've kind of like stepped back a little bit like not like i'm not saying retired but like you know quasi retired a little bit so like, yeah. what have you been doing like after, you know, being a CrossFit athlete? Yeah. So I, I definitely stepped back some this year, a little bit last year and then this year too. Um, just, I think we all know if, I mean, CrossFit is uh, no hobby, what to say at mm-hmm. the least. And if you want to compete in it, it has to be 100%. And that's just kind of the person I am too. Um, and I gave CrossFit my 100% for many years, but I just wanted a couple years i think to grow as a person outside of being in a gym for eight hours Mm -hmm. where i kind of wanted to grow um i was able to grow as a crossfit athlete and experience those things but there's some other stuff outside of life that i was never able to experience or had to say no to because the gym was always like a big block in my brain where it's like cody wherever you go eight hours of that day needs to kind of be spent around you know i mean your life kind of circulates around that because there's if you're not someone else is and you know like as you can tell now there's a lot of very, very good athletes out there. Yeah. Um, but I was very blessed to, so I've always been an advocate for health and wellness from the day that, you know, I started to, I, for me, competing was always a wonderful thing, but I coaching was my love. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I never stopped coaching when I was competing. Um, through all my years, I've always, I, I was always coaching at some sort of gym and, um, just because it felt like it was my way to get back. And I and I wanted people to experience what health and wellness has done for me, not only inside of a gym, but throughout my life. I want to be able to share that with other people and give them the best hour of their day. And, you know, it really it really did kind of fill my bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I kind of was able to step back a little bit and kind of see what I wanted to do, um, I had someone that came up to me that was like, he's actually – um, he owns a couple companies, one being a pretty big space in the CrossFit space. And he was just like, listen, I'm at this point, like in the business world and I'm very happy with that. But personally, I've gotten some health markers back and, you know, like I, I'm kind of scared and I've never been one to take one-on-one clients and stuff like that. But with this one, I knew that it was kind of a, he was able to help me grow in areas of life that I wanted to grow in. And I could also help him and show him how health and wellness is not only going to help you with the health markers, but it's also going to like kind of trickle out into your life and be able to show you how to, you know, handle certain scenarios and handle feelings and all these other things as it has done for me. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's been amazing. 
Um, we've been kind of working a year together. Uh, I feel like I have grown as a person, luckily um, now, very quite a bit. And a lot of that is I contribute that to him and his mentorship. And um, to say the least, we kind of just did a inside track the other day and hit all his markers were like spot on nice. and he's feeling really good. And I'm able to see him grow as a person too, which is very fulfilling. So that's where I'm at now. And um, it's been true. But I mean, I still, I still train twice a day. It's in my blood. Uh, I'm not saying I'm done forever. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. 26. Um, and, but definitely was, uh, it was just a much needed uh, mental space for me too. Um, I needed a little step back from being able to kind of do what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to see where I could push myself, not just physically, but mentally, and, you know, be able to kind of just spread out to different avenues and have the um, flexibility to do that. Very cool. So obviously being from Maine, you moved to New York. Mm -hmm. So do you think that was a really like big growing experience to be like in a big city compared to, because I'm, I'm from Massachusetts originally. And so what like part? I yeah, I used to go to I used to go to New York all the time and like I would be oh, yeah. petrified going into Manhattan. I was like <laughs> just I just I'll stay on Long Island or like Queens or whatnot, but just like I am yeah. good with Manhattan. So what was that what did did that help yeah. you grow? Yeah. Um like you wouldn't believe. It was it was an experience for a lifetime and hopefully honestly I am in back in Maine right now, and I, believe me, I am a true Mainer. I love Maine. I love New England. I love Maine. I love seasons. I love everything about it. But I grew up in a very – I grew up in the woods. And so for me, you, I mean, and when you grow up in the woods, we usually grow up where I'm from. You kind of stay where I'm from, and that's mm. just kind of how it works. Um, so I was very different when I was going to New York. And uh, Alec and I – Alec, I can, I can really thank Alec for this. And, uh, if you're listening, Alec, thank you. Love you, buddy. Because uh, he really pushed us to go to New York. Alec is a very, let's just freaking do it. And I was like, dude, I really don't know. Um, but I was luckily, I knew someone down there, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny Santucci. Yep. He was like, yo, you can move down here with a job. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, this is a once in a lifetime. And I went down there. We found a part. Alec and I met up for one weekend. Before we went down there, we got an Airbnb for one night, and we just saw as many apartments as we could in two days. We found one in the Upper West, right next to Central Park. We could kind of run and stuff. It was awesome. And um, the amount of growing I did as a person in that city and the eye-opening things that I saw, I was eye-open to culture and diversity. and um, It was amazing. And it was the greatest experience I could ever have done for myself. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I recommend that to anyone to be able to, it was such a scary experience in the beginning, but it was one that when I was down there, I'm like, gosh, I'm so happy that I made this jump instead of, you know, staying in my comfort zone where I was super comfortable. I, I had everything I needed. Um, and it was just like, and all of a sudden I became this, I came this like love for the city. I came this love to be able to step outside my door and do kind of anything and it was it was a really really cool experience um i hope to you know i hope to be back there eventually one day or you know have some ties there because i really do love the city i love that city a lot it did have its days where it was overwhelming um it made some very simple things very hard like i don't know you forget something at home it's not like oh let me turn on the car it's like let me get back on the subway go this way go that way you know what i mean um but once you once you get the hang of it i mean it's a that thing. That's a beautiful city. I, I loved it. I loved it. And, and 
the amount of people I've met and I mean, talk about community. I mean, this is my favorite thing about CrossFit is that you can go anywhere in the world, step into a gym and it's like, I've already met friends. Yeah. I mean, they're the most welcoming, nice people. You already have something in common. And that's, I think that's what made my transition to New York really easy because I moved down there just knowing Alec mm-hmm. and I knew Kenny a little bit, but I had a job and within, you know, I started on like a Thursday and that weekend I was already getting invited to go like, Hey, we're having a barbecue. We're doing this, we're doing that. Like, because you know, there was like-minded people that were just like really door open and it was, it was such a good experience to be able to have. And, um, one that I recommend if you ever have a chance, you, you know, take it and run because it was it was definitely something that i'll hold on to forever yeah that was kind of like me when i first went into manhattan just like right into you know times square just like looking at all the lights and just being like in yeah. awe of like yeah this is amazing oh. unreal dude i i coached uh one of my favorite favorite memories is i i used to coach the 5 30 so i was on i was getting up early and some days it was so it was a 4 15 subway mm-hmm. but on the nice mornings like in the summer we're still kind of it was like nicer out. I would just get the city bike and I'd be going right down Broadway at like 4:45. not many cars or anything. And I'm just like looking around like, wow, you know, you're passing Macy's you're passing. I'm like, this is crazy. This is such a crazy life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, uh, it's quite the city for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause I've, I've talked to people that like, especially in Atlanta, they don't leave Atlanta. And I'm like, you gotta venture out and explore. Like that's, what life's all about that is what life's all about but you know for a lot of people myself included i mean and i think that's you know part of this pandemic that we're going through change is very scary yeah it scares a lot of people you know you know changes but without change it's you know what's also scares me just being stagnant and going throughout my days and stuff like that so you know Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna be uncomfortable i need to choose which one it's gonna be and uh, I'm very thankful that I had Alec give me a little push out the door on that one to be like, oh, let's go be uncomfortable in New York City. <laughs> I'm like, All right, no. Yeah. So do you typically try to keep yourself like make yourself uncomfortable at all? Like, um, I'm someone that I mean, used to no years ago, four years ago, no, I did things that were comfortable. I stayed in my hometown. I, you know, I wouldn't venture out. I wouldn't like really try to meet people. I mean, back in the day, you thought I never thought I would ever. I would ever go as many places I got to experience the things I did or had the friends, you know, many places and whatnot. But, uh, cross, it kind of was, I got across, it kind of started opening up doors for me where it was like, all right, Cody, you're either going to take this or you're going to, you know, almost kind of be left behind a little bit. And some of these opportunities are like once in a lifetime that you start doing that. So yeah, I definitely say now I'm one, I'm that person that, you know, like, I'll go to an event where I don't know anyone and, you know, try to, you know, start a conversation or I'll be the person to be like, you know, really, this is an opportunity that I can't say no to now. Like, you know, and, um, yeah, I'd probably say I try to make myself that as much as I can now, because I think that the greatest thing that one thing that I did learn in New York city is that there's a lot of freaking really cool people out there. Yep. And, um, you know, and it's, uh, I think it's a true blessing when you get to meet one of them and you're just like, wow, that, you know, that person was freaking cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that like when you're very comfortable and you, you only know what you grew up with and you keep it that way, you're, you're missing out on a lot. And I got to experience that. And, um, you know, now I know, and I definitely try to preach that as much as I can. Where like, you know, get yourself to be a little uncomfortable as well. Cause it's good. But I mean, 
what's the first thing that taught me that was CrossFit. <laughs> you got to live to be uncomfortable in those workouts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that was like, so that's when I talk about how CrossFit trickles over to other things, it's, it's, you know, staples like that, that kind of just get embedded into you. You're like, yeah, that's, you know, that's good stuff. And that's what, for me, that's what CrossFit has taught me throughout the years. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah. I've, I've heard you a bunch of times at the, on the Misfit Athletics podcast. And, you know, I always love hearing your views of like, you know, life or just like fitness or just like working out. So have you ever thought about doing a podcast or anything like that? You know, I have, to be honest with you. I've actually thought about it, looked it up multiple times, asked Ted for equipment, uh, <laughs> a, like equipment list of like what I would need, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, Teddy sent me it all. And I was just like, you know, I really have because the thing about it is that I think some people, when you, when you think of CrossFit and you think of like, um, you know, I think people – experience fitness in all these different ways and for me it was always a way of i knew it was building a foundation for my life and mm -hmm. it was building almost like a path of the way that i like to live and people started to gravitate toward like gravitate towards the way i like to live and they thought that it was just for you know like you work out because you want to look good naked well you know who doesn't work out because they want to look good naked that is the fact okay but i also like was working out because it was my therapy it taught me how to you know deal with emotions it taught me it made me a better person with having communication like or better communication with people it taught me how to listen better it was it made me not you know so quick to be tempered it, it did a lot for me outside of just you know the physique that I became very attracted to and I wanted I didn't want to lose and not only did I not want to lose it, I wanted other people to experience with like, you know, this is what's helped me and I want you to experience it as well. So yeah, fitness for me was always above and beyond the fact of just like, I work out so I can look good. It was always more or less, I work out because I want to be able to be a good person and I want to be able to, you know, like help others and buy that. I need to be able to put myself first. And for me, my fitness and giving myself an hour, two hours a day is, is big for me and i know that so it's something that i continue to do and i continue to preach about yeah that's the same with me like i have so if i miss a day i get a little disappointed but i mean obviously mm -hmm. like I, I have a wife and kids so like my workouts at like five o'clock in the morning to like oh good for you six, so I, I wake up at four twenty, and i'm like if i if i don't work out this time i won't be able to work out especially at night wow. so so yeah, wow, so it's good just, for you. I do all the heavy lifting and all that stuff like super wow. early in the morning, and I'm like, everyone's like, I should be, "How do you do that?" And I I'm should like, be interviewing you. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, technically, maybe, maybe I am. Yeah, here podcast, we are. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's it's like, how do you do this? I'm like, because I have no choice. I mean, because yeah. like, the, if if I really want to work out and like feel better throughout the day, I have to do I have to do it at this time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's, and that's the stuff that I always try to preach with people. It's if I don't work out, I mean, I've gotten better now where I can give myself a day and I'm okay and whatnot. But if I go long stress of working out, like I start to lose a piece of me, you know, like I think as humans, we need to feel self-worth to be able to kind of treat others with love. And that's what you want to do. Yeah. And for me, working out was that self-worth. It was me giving myself a little bit of time to work out, to feel good. So that way I could kind of like, there's a bucket that you have to fill to be able to give out some, you know, it's kind of the oxygen mass theory. Um, 
And for me, the working out was that. And then it allowed me to be, like I said, like be a more patient, be a better listener, be able to handle my emotions. It was, it was everything for me. So I, I completely agree with you and I completely understand of, you know, and I think it's freaking awesome that you wake up at, you know, 420 to do that stuff. That's killer. I mean, a lot of people, I wish a lot of people would do the same because, you know, it's, it's really cool because I'm sure your kids are going to grow up and they're going to say, like, you see my dad doing that and it's going to kind of be embedded in them and they're going to be able to experience the same, hopefully, and it's going to be something that, like, I think is a really good model for a lot of people. I think this this whole, this whole like, world of putting health and wellness first because I'm a strong believer, like, health is wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. If we don't have health, we have nothing. Yeah. And it needs to be, you know, in, like – that needs to be preached to like our younger kids and that needs to be preached to everyone. I think now is, it couldn't be a better time. So, uh, I mean, good for you. Yeah, Kudos I, to you. That's I mean, awesome. I, I have my, like if I, I work on the basement sometimes too, cause I have like a whole barbell set. Is that a pull-up bar right there? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I saw that. I saw uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't train in the morning down here cause I don't want to wake up my family, but like I'll train in the weekends here and I have like a, I used to play lacrosse like back in college. Yep. And so I have like a long stick. So my son would do the Olympic lifting or like back squatting with the lacrosse so while, while I'm doing it. So, so good. And, and also like the reason why I work out too is just for obviously for me, but I also want to show like people like, listen, diabetics can do amazing things. And yeah. you know, I'm lifting these crazy weights, like especially me being six, six too. So it doesn't really help out, but you know, yeah. just showing people like, you know, even though I have this crappy disease doesn't stop me from doing anything I don't want to do. So, quote there. Tell me if I'm wrong, but type one, you're you cannot create insulin. Correct. Okay, and it's not genetic. Um. Well, or can it be? It can be genetic, but mine is not okay. because I have like no one in my family. Yours is not. Yeah. Okay. But like, so okay. think think of it as you know, as type one, like your pancreas retires for good, mm-hmm. and so like, yeah. Typically, what happens is that like. If you're sick or something like that, your white blood cells will attack your pancreas because that they think that's like the main cause of where the infection is. And then mm-hmm. compared to type two is where they eat like a lot of food, like a lot of like bad food, and their pancreas can't produce enough insulin for them to, you know, mm-hmm. maintain it. So, oh. so yeah. what do you th- for if you don't mind me asking, I'm just no, having my, my curiosity. Like so insulin shots mm-hmm. so what is your what is your day like what is run me through like that kind of so i typically have to do for typically that. the night before i don't eat after like seven o'clock okay and so is because, that is that because of the type one or do you do intermittent fasting no i it's like well, it's like a quasi intermittent fasting like i don't eat for like 12 hours okay and so and, yep. and so what i do is that typically if if i eat after like if i eat after seven sometimes like the you know, the blood sugars don't kick in because my food isn't digested all the way. So I kind of mm. do it after seven. So around like nine thirty, ten o'clock, I can, you know, see where my blood sugars are and then correct it. And then yep. the next morning, don't eat, just take pre-workout, go work out. And then, you know, check my blood sugar, see if it's elevated. And typically during CrossFit workouts, it's, it's elevated because like the hormone phase, like the fight or flight stuff. Yep. And then, you know, I'll kind of correct it a little bit eat breakfast and then pretty much like check my blood sugar at least like five or six times a day by like pricking mm. my finger and just like just seeing what my blood sugar is at and just try to eat, try to like take my insulin before like 10 minutes before I eat. Mm-hmm. 
Because so. you're constantly trying to trying to regulate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it and, and it doesn't help that like sometimes I'm sick or something like that. My my blood sugar will yeah. spike up, or like like I said before, CrossFit workouts or even like going out to eat dinner or like like. I need to have like something regular. Like I eat the same thing almost every day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. cause I know what type of insulin I how much insulin I need just to, you know, have a normal blood sugar. But if I go on a trip or eat something different at a restaurant, like it's like kind of shooting in the dark. I just don't know like how many units I need. Sometimes I go over or, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's a whole numbers game, like 24 seven. You said you were 35 when you found out you had, yep. you were diagnosed. How'd you know? So pre-employment screening at my hospital. So I, when I worked at CHOA, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, um, yeah. they have a thing called Strong for Life. And so okay. what happens is um, they check your blood sugar, your blood sugar ranges and everything. And um, they're, the lady's like, hmm, that's weird. And I'm like, what? And they say your blood sugar is like 390. And a normal blood sugar is wow. like 80 to 120. And, and like she weighed me probably like five minutes before that. And I dropped like 20 pounds. From the last time I weighed wow. myself, and I didn't, I didn't, I thought I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I was a month at my parents' house because I didn't have a job yet down here, yeah. so up in Massachusetts, so I was like working out like 24/7 pretty much if I wasn't working, and I thought yeah. it was like me because I'm working hard, but then she showed my blood sugar, and she's like, that's that's weird, like what did you have for breakfast? And I'm like, yep, just two bowls of cereal, that that's it, and she's like, you feel fine right now? And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel perfectly normal. And so then she's like, do a 12-hour fast, check your blood sugar. And it was like 271 when I did the 12-hour fast. And so I emailed her. Yeah, so I emailed her, and I was like, hey, you know, I have this number. And she's like, you need to go to an endocrinologist, like, now. And so so I went went to an endocrinologist, and I didn't have insurance yet. So my wife's like, do you really need to go right now? And so technically, my A1C was 11.5. Mm. when i got diagnosed and so they're saying that like if i kept this up for however long i had it like i could have had a stroke or something like that jeez crow. so that's so, yeah. crazy yep how long have you been married uh seven years eight years eight years congratulations yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. five and so a two you said you have one kid no two uh, five five, five and a two-year-old oh wow what fun ages oh they're they're awesome they love each that's other that's amazing so much. it's amazing uh Good for you. That's awesome. That's so cool. So, so uh, do cool. you have anybody in your life at all, or? Uh, yeah. So recently, I have someone new in my life. Um, she's wonderful. I met her actually. She actually lives in London. Oh, cool. Um, I spent a little time over there, and we kind of met. We're over there, and then we. Uh, long distance is not easy whatsoever. Yeah. Um, talk about fitness therapy, helping with my life. Um, definitely a lot of working out. Uh, but no, we kind of like we were. We kind of took it on an approach where it was more or less like let's you know in the beginning let's just kind of keep in contact and see how this goes and then i'm a true believer when you kind of you know you meet someone that uh you you know feel that strong about and connects with you can connect on that you know a really real level it's it's someone that's very special and that's exactly what she is so we're like you know let's try to make this work it's never going to be easy but know not many too not too many things that are good come easy so yeah uh she's great um hopefully get her over to the states soon uh whatnot but yeah yeah so i'm, I'm doing that which has been great 
Yeah. I mean, my thing is like with my, when I met my wife was like when I I knew like a month in, I was like, "All right, I already love you." So, I already dropped the yeah. elbow. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "I love you." She's like, "You're just drunk cuz it's your 30th birthday." And I'm like, "No, I'm not. No, it's not. No." <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm so, that that's so good cuz I'm such a guy that I love to just like you know, I'm not someone that beats around the bush, you know, yeah. I, I'm like, let's get to a real conversation. Let's, you know, let's understand stuff. Let's, uh, so yeah, so I, kudos to you. That's, that's cool. I'm totally about that as well. Yeah. The, the best part of it, like the next, the next day I was like so hung over and she's like, do you remember, what, <laughs> do, you, do you remember what you said? And I was like, yeah, I, I know what I, I know what I said. I'm like, yep. trust me, I'm not going to forget that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, seven years later. Yeah, well, I mean, we, no, well, yeah. we've been together for two years and married for actually no eight years, so it's like almost like ten oh, okay. years together. So oh, awesome, yeah. cool, very cool. The, the nice. two year mark that was like a little scary. Like the two year mark, she's like, "All right, what are we doing?" And yeah, so yeah, I was like, "Okay, all right, I I might need to do something." So yeah, yeah, uh, good for you. Yeah, that's like uh, I have a lot of friends right now that are um, that are getting married. It's kind of becoming that part of my life. You yeah. know, like everyone says, you start like the weddings start rolling in and. We definitely have some weddings rolling in, so it's cool. Yeah, I, I always, I've always noticed from like the twenty-five to like thirty-five range is you, you're like that's the range where yeah. like there's weddings all over the place, and you're like, oh, there's another one. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. My fridge is full of, full of the wedding things. That's great, man. I love that stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. It's very cool. cool. So I have a couple quick questions. Uh, we're getting close to the end. I know, I, I already think I know what the, your answer is for this one. So, all right. Um, what is what do you think the best machine is for endurance wise? The biker, mm. the rower, or the assault bike? I mean, are we talking like long endurance? Are you talking like learning how to burn some, like burn it down and flush lactic acid, oh, stuff a, like that's that? That's a good question. I like, uh, how about in the middle? In the middle? I mean, I think obviously the assault bike is going to teach you about everything you need to know about, you know entering the pain cave flushing lactic acid learning how to get back onto it learning your limits um i use that a lot i love i also do love the biker i love to go long longer pieces on that um but i'd probably say the assault bike is teaches you the probably the best lessons okay some in crossfit yeah, yeah for sure okay. i mean i've had i've had so many friggin' moments on that bike i can't <laughs> even explain it like it's yeah that i've had yeah that's been uh we've had some good times for sure well so, so my yeah. so i remember watching a misfit video and they were programming a workout for you for the rower and they're like we're not going to give you the rower because you're so good at it oh yeah so that, that yeah you know pick. yeah no no i do i do i love the rower i think it's a great machine i love to row um like i said my first my second ever workout what we were talking about was a 2k mm -hmm. and I just knew how to row. Like it was just one thing, like I could barely squat a bar, but like rowing was just something that I was like, all right, I just, I pull it like it was a good number and I'm just going to pull as much as I can. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I love to row. I think it's, uh, it's one of the greatest machines, especially when you learn how to row properly, you use your glutes, your hamstrings. Uh, it becomes definitely fun for sure. Yeah. So I, so in my basement, I have a 10 year old rower. It's, is it a concept too? Yes, it's a concept too. I'll, awesome. I'll show it to you after. 
it's made out of it's like just straight metal and wood and like the foot pedals are, are wood not the plastic so it doesn't i like... think in my head i can picture what you're talking about okay, yeah i'm gonna and, have to check it out and there's like two there's two prongs and like in, like for where the rower is like to attach when you pull so the, and like yep. it, there's a bare like a very small fan like a, there's a fan on there but like the blade covers there's like yeah. very small blade oh covers, that's good so. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. If you if you want to get really good at rowing, you got to try that sucker. So yeah, I know, right? That thing will teach you. <laughs> <laughs> that thing has some miles on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's funny. The guy the guy I bought it off of. He says it's only ten. He only had ten hours of use. Wow. And so it must have just sat somewhere. Yeah, it was like in some years. like rowing. It was in a rowing club like for a while. Then he took, oh yeah then yeah, he, yeah then he took it and he barely used it and I was just talking about like building my Jeez. whole gym and he's like. I'll give it to you for a hundred dollars, and I'm like, deal. Oh, can't beat that. No. Yeah, no, you cannot beat that. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a gem. Yeah, it was it's a, a gem of fun. Oh, I, I love that thing. So, um, so do you have like any goals that you want to hit by the end of the year at all, or fitness goals? Well, fitness goals are like personal or business wise. Um, you know, personal. I, I'm a big believer of like always trying to evolve and always trying to grow and stuff like that. I mean. I, Personal goals, I definitely have quite a few. Um, I'd say fitness-wise. Fitness-wise, so I did. So obviously I've done all the stuff. I did not sign up this year for whatnot. I've done all the workouts. Um, it was fun. It was good. Fitness-wise, I just want to stay, you know, I think I'm actually still getting fitter, believe it or not. I, I don't train as much now. I've trained just a little bit differently. I don't kind of bang myself into the wall. 12 times a day with Metcons. Yeah. I, you know, I do Metcons, longer pieces, a little bit of functional bodybuilding. Um, so I think that fitness wise is maintain health, I think is the biggest, mm-hmm. my body feels better now than it ever has. And that's a huge plus for me. Um, and still become fitter. That's something that I take pride in. Um, I, I like to be a person where any kind of challenge rolls my way. I don't think twice. I'm like, yeah, like yeah i can do that let's do this you yeah. know what i mean i like i kind of like that i like to you know people are like why do you stay fit i'm like you know it's because if i want to go hike a mountain one day or if i want to buy to move into the fifth floor and bring all this stuff up there like i want to be able to do it i want to be able to be capable to do that stuff um so yeah so that's my goal is to stay healthy to stay fit and then you know the personal it's just i think that uh covid has I'm someone that like really loves human interaction. I love to kind of, you know, be around people. That's why I love coaching and stuff like that. So I think my next, you know, once it's all safe and everything, we can kind of get back to, you know, being able to be around that is to, you know, find that niche again. That makes, that makes me happy to get involved with the community and be able to, um, you know, try to do my part for sure. Yeah. Like a podcast. Yeah, like a podcast. <laughs> oh, it's so funny you say that because it's really freaking been on my mind. Oh, dude, I'll, we'll we'll talk after, like after the recording. I like, dude, it's really it's really easy. It's really not that hard. You'd be surprised. Yeah. And so, um, mm. so uh, do you like, do you have like a favorite book you like to read at all? Or yeah, you know, I do. I have. I, I have. I've read quite a few. So I do. I do a lot of self help books. I read one that. Um, it's called, uh, gosh, it's right over here. I put it somewhere. It's about the Enneagram. You're, you, you know um, what the Enneagram is. So no, there's I, like, I they remember. break. Oh, dude, it's great. It's, uh, goodness. 
wish I could find it. I think it might be right here so I can actually read the title too. Yep. It's called The Road Back to You. So the Enneagram is like, they pretty much classify people. I believe it's into like eight different um, types and whatnot. And you kind of read about how each person processes things and, you know, why some people do things and how you interact. But also there's a test that you can take, you get a number. And I remember like reading my number. I'm like, holy shit, that is me. Like, (laughs) that is weird. So then I loved reading the book because then I was like, you know, you start, you read about someone, you're like, wow, that is that is like, I know that person. Like that, that's, that's why that happens. And that's why, like, when I talk to them, I feel this way. So it was super cool to like kind of read that. Um, I'm also just a big, you know, I always, I love, I'm a big advocate for Mm self-education. So I'm always constantly reading health books and, you know, I read one not long ago. I reread actually, it's called real food for pregnancy because my sister just had a baby and she was going through my best friends are pregnant. So I was like kind of going through these things and, you know, love to be able to, you know, spread that a little bit. And, uh, so I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely, it's reading the past two years has become like a thing that I definitely didn't do. And in the past two years, I've tried to make it more of a thing that's in my life. I think it's just really good to educate myself and also to kind of keeps the brain, you know, with it. And, uh, so for sure. Very cool. So, um, what would you tell like a brand new person getting into CrossFit? Like, they want to go to the games. What would you tell them, like, what to expect throughout the whole journey of trying to get make it to the games? There's going to be a lot of ups and downs that I think, you know, I think that the biggest thing that you can do is, and it's so hard to not do it because you're in the space. And when you're, when you're in that space, but when you step outside and you kind of look at it, is that you just can't stress the small things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, there's just, there's going to be so many of them, especially, especially now with so much of it being online, it's going to, there's going to be workouts that you think you crush, but then all of a sudden you get crushed in them. There's going to be, you know, and there's, and there's just a lot of things that are going to happen. I think that you can't sweat the small things. You can't take it too seriously. At the end of the day, I always have to tell myself like, I am so blessed to be able to wake up and to be able to work out. Like it, it, it's something that I should not take for granted. And sometimes I had to pull myself out and be like, Cody, what the hell? Like, stop. Like you're being a friggin' like, like a spoiled little brat about, you know, you did bad in this workout where, you know, some people would kill just to be in the position that I'm in and I need to be able to think of it that way. So I think it's just taking everything in perspective and learning that like, you know, you, you might make it over the, you might make it to the games your first try, then, you know, the next year you might not, but it's like, it's a journey. I mean, everyone has it. Everyone has a story. It's part of it. Um, the craziest thing about cross is there's no guarantees. Yeah. You're not signing a four-year contract for, you know, this much. It's, you're probably not making the most money. Like it's purely off love of the sport and um, it's such a great sport. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's, it's understanding the process, learning the process and, you know, taking every little thing as an, ex, as a learning curve and being able to turn that into like, you know, positive at the end of the day, because I think the people that learn to turn those into positive and turn that into good energy to be able to train harder and go faster and, you know, like turn it on when they need to turn it on. Like those are ones at the end of the day that, you know, you hear about. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So let's just say, you know, your CrossFit 
you know, experience is over. Okay. And so yep. what do you, what do you want to have people know you, um, as pretty much as that cross as a CrossFit athlete or even a as person? A cross, um, you know, I hope they'd go hand in hand. Um, I want to be known as someone with, you know, like loyalty, integrity, and I want to be known as a good person, someone that, um, you know, kind of love your neighbor type. I've always gone for treat others how you want to be treated, and I think I've done that in the CrossFit space as well. Um, and I think that's partially why, like, I always believed in, you know, me still coaching and giving back, and because most of the people that are coaching are the same people that were texting me when I was day three at the games and they're saying like keep going you're doing so well and uh they're cheering me on or they're buying fundraising t-shirts to help me get to regionals um and i just i would never want someone to you know think that i took that for granted or um didn't appreciate any of that stuff and i want i want to be known as someone that is a like a loyal person and um someone that like is also a friend. I think that's the biggest thing in CrossFit that I, I met so many people that now are so, I'm so close to, and I'm so thankful for that. I want to be known not first as like a competitor, but as a friend, like I never want someone to have a, you know, like obviously I wanted to win every time I was out there. That's the point where yeah. we're out there, but I want to beat someone on their best day. I never want anything to happen to anyone for me to have an advantage of anything. Um, I want people to know that and, people to be like, yeah, that's my friend, but also someone that I compete with. So, I mean, that's just kind of my, my life too. I live my life that way. I think that we're put on this earth, not to judge or not to anything like that, but to, you know, treat people with love. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So where can people reach out to you if they have any questions with like, you know, fitness wise or, you know, yeah. some questions about um, anything pretty much. Probably my Instagram. I bet I, I try to, I definitely try to scroll through and, um, like the DMS once in a while and, you know, all those questions, I definitely try to answer them as much as I can. I think that's the best way. Um, I think for some other things on my Instagram, there's also an email, whatnot, they can reach out to, uh, that's probably the best place to find me, but place the place to reach me. Um, but yeah, definitely. I definitely try to get back to as many people as I can, because I know that, uh, sometimes when it comes to like some questions, I've definitely been in the place where I've asked them and it was really nice to get a response back. So I always try to be like, people, I can't catch all of them. Um, but I definitely try to take the time to reach, you know, reach back and, you know, answer the best that I can. Very cool. So little background with me emailing you. So I saw the email link and I'm like, okay, is this like Instagram get ha got hacked or something like that? Because there was a lot, it was a long like email, like account name. And so then all of a sudden yes. someone reached out to me and I was just like, wait a second, is this a joke? Like, is this really? Uh, like no, no, no. That's, that's Nora. So Nora works. So Nora works in the UK and she, um, works as like a manager or whatnot. I mean, I hate to use that word because Nora is also like one of my good, good friends and mm -hmm. she is wonderful. Um, but no, she definitely takes in some of the emails and helps me kind of filter out some of the things and relates back to me, like, you know, what's going on and, um, talks to people that way and helps just set things up for me and whatnot. She, uh, she's wonderful. She's great. Um, you can definitely reach out if there's something to try to get me involved with or whatnot. Um, she definitely handles that kind of side for me. Um, and she's, like I said, she's wonderful. She's super nice. She contacted me right away and I was like, yeah, definitely let's, let's do it. Um, so yeah, so that's like the email part, the DMS and whatnot, like I handle all that stuff. So 
um, they can reach out there and I can definitely try to hopefully I see it and whatnot. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing the podcast with me. I I really do appreciate, you know, you taking the time just to, you know, talk about your experience in in life and CrossFit. So thank you very much. Of course. Of course. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And, um, once again, man, I just want to say it's friggin' hearing your story is, it's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I think that what you're doing is, you know, it's, you're doing your part and it's super cool to see you're, you're impacting a lot of people. And, and I'm very thankful for you to have me on this podcast. And it's been, it's been very fun. Um, you're great at doing it. You ask great questions and, uh, it's just, it's cool to see. So congrats on this. And it's, uh, that's freaking awesome. Thanks, Thanks for man. I, pr- I appreciate it. I, it's been a long process of getting getting to this level. So, yeah, I can, I can imagine. And uh, but you definitely deserve to be here. So, appreciate awesome it. job. All right. Thanks, man. Of course.